Thank you so much for tuning in to the Phenomena NDE. And today with me, I have Peter Whitley, and he has been inducted three times from aliens and many more other things. So, Peter, welcome to my show. Thank you very much for having me, Kathy. It's a pleasure to be here. You're welcome. You're welcome. And tell me a little bit. You're the um, UFO director of Japan. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm the national director for MUFON of Japan. I'm also a member of the MUFON Experiencer Resource Team. Mm-hmm. And what that team is, is we are the people within MUFON who handle cases of alien abduction or human and non-human intelligent contact. Yes, I live here in Japan, originally from the U.S. Washington State. Mm-hmm. I've lived here in Japan for 14 years, and I am a permanent resident. And tell me about the was it Mufon Mufon M U F O N research. What is that? Is that um, it has it been okay. around for a while? Or tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, Mufon. We are the largest um, UFO investigation group in the world. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, we are. <clears throat> We're involved in over, we're in over 40 countries. Um, We have, basically what we do is when people have a UFO sighting or if people have contact with extraterrestrials, contact with UFOs, et cetera, et cetera, they contact us. Uh Um, They can be anonymous if they would like. And what we do is we investigate, we build a database and try to gather as much information as possible on this phenomenon and get it out there to the public. I feel, and we feel it's possibly the most important topic there is in the world today. Mm -hmm. Besides this uh, spotting a UFO in the sky Mm -hmm. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, in my opinion, you know, MUFON, of course, the majority of our work is with people who, for example, see something that they think is a UFO. And so, you know, as trained experts, we'll talk to them and, you know, if they take photos and whatnot, we'll look at them. Personally, I have to say my interest is not so much in that nuts and bolts objects in the sky aspect of the research. I think the real interest, the real phenomenon we need to be focusing on is the human and extraterrestrial contact. Mm-hmm. To me, that is the greater issue here. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And, uh, Let's get into your abduction. You've been abducted three times. And were you on the ship 40 times? Because I never say UFO. I have had three conscious abductions onto UFOs. I have had, like many abductees, I've had a history of what we would call probably abnormal phenomenon since I was a child. Um, My guess 
and my assumption would be that I have been um, abducted or taken many more times than just three, but having had only three fully conscious abductions, okay. when I talk about my abductions, I like to clarify that there have been three times I have consciously been abducted upon a UFO. I have in recent years learned about the out-of-body experience. And the reason I did that was so that I could try to visit these UFOs and find out some more information, try to get some two-way communication uh, via the out-of-body experience and astral projection. I have visited UFOs um, 40 times in 2021, and I have since resumed the practice in 2022. Wow. And, uh, well, can you tell us a little bit about um, about the, uh, um, what they look like. Um, are they, you hear about, you know, the grays and then you hear about, mm -hmm. um, some are tall, some are short. Mm -hmm. um, is there different kinds or, I mean, are they different forms or whatever? Absolutely. And you're exactly right. Typically, um, both in my case and in the typical reports we receive at MUFON, the typical extraterrestrials people encounters are what we call the grays. And there are two main types. There are short grays, which are roughly three to four feet tall in height. And there are what we call tall grays, which are five to six feet in height. Wow. Um, I've encountered both types. Um, there are people that encounter other types of extraterrestrials. One common type is the mantis type, which is basically just what it sounds like. They appear to be praying mantises. Um, I've encountered two mantis types. Um, all people also encounter what they call Nordic types, which are tall, blonde hair, blue eyed, um, basically humanoid looking individuals. Yeah, there's a variety, but those would be the three main types. Are they, um, so, let's talk about the little ones, the three grays. Are mm -hmm. they intelligent of any kind? Are they, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, that's an interesting question. So the small grays from what we understand from most reports and also in my experience, the small grays tend to be worker types, if you will. They're the ones that will come down and actually abduct you, abduct you, take you from your home or from your car or whatnot. In terms of intelligence, um, I, would, I would say that they do exhibit intelligence. Um, What's more interesting to me is that the, both the smalls and the grays also exhibit personalities, muted personalities. However, they do exhibit some personalities. Um, for example, in my abductions, I've noticed um, that they've been surprised to find me awake. Um, 
so yes, I would, I would, I would consider them intelligent. Um, the level of intelligence they have is something I almost couldn't even speculate upon. In my opinion, we're, if you were to, we're like children in comparison to them being adults. The kind of things, the, the explanations they give us, um, the way they treat us, are the way you might treat a toddler. Mm. So in my opinion, their intelligence probably far exceeds ours. Um, Peter, have they uh, did anything to you, like take any skin samples or take anything from you? Um, yes. So on my... How about I run you through my three abductions, Kathy, okay. and we can kind of go from there. Okay. Um, the, the first time I was consciously abducted was when I was 17 years old, and I was about to go to sleep. I was going to bed in my family home, rural Washington State, and before I could sleep, a bright blue beam of light came in through my window. Okay. It triangulated right to where my body was on the bed, and two small grays instantly appeared there. Now, I was awake, and I could tell immediately that they were surprised I was awake, as if I were supposed to be asleep. One of those grays was next to me in the bed. The other gray, when he appeared, it looked like he was heading towards the door of my bedroom. Mm -hmm. However, when they arrived and realized I was awake, I could sense a surprise. Now, your listeners might be wondering, how could I tell they were surprised? So this is the interesting thing about them. Um, the grays, and in fact, most of the extraterrestrials people encounter communicate telepathically. And that telepathic communication is not via words, it's via ideas or feelings. Mm -hmm. And it also goes both ways. Mm -hmm. So the way I could tell they were surprised is I could telepathically feel the surprise they felt to find me awake there in my bedroom mm -hmm. that night. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what happened from there is I was frightened, of course. Um, I had little to no interest in aliens. Um, I'm sure I'd seen aliens on TV or perhaps in media at times, but I had no interest in it at all. The UFOs wasn't a believer. Um, when they noticed I was surprised, um, my first instinct, of course, I think like many, was to jump out of bed. So I tried to jump out of my bed, and they froze me. By that I mean, paralyzed. as I jumped out of, yes, exactly, paralyzed. How did they do that? Half, How, you I know, was half off of my bed. Oh, but half on it, uh -huh. which would seem to be physically impossible. But I was paralyzed. Well, how did they do that? I mean, 
do we give them control to do that or um yeah you know i certainly didn't agree to it okay. there's a the trend the trend right now um when we talk about human and extraterrestrial contact is to refer to people as experiencers um i refer to myself as an abductee because i didn't i did not agree to be taken how they do that is something we don't know they do not appear to have any tools it seems to be something they can just do via thought or without motion whatsoever so they simply paralyzed me without any motion whatsoever interesting yes um from there what they did is they proceeded to take me via this blue beam of light outside through my closed bedroom window now i had a bedroom window which was closed i also had a screen on the window and blinds which were down at the time the three of us traveled via this blue beam of light physically through the window through the screen and through the blinds i felt no sensation whatsoever i was completely paralyzed we exited through the window into the backyard um my assumption was they were taking me on bit me on board a ship mm-hmm. however in terms of that first abduction at 17 years of age that's where my conscious memory stops now something we often do with abductees is we give them regressive hypnosis a number of years ago i went to a regressive hypnotherapist to explore this particular incident uh-huh. because i had no memory of being on the ship during this first abduction and my hypnotherapist was excellent he took me back to the moments before the abduction uh-huh. the morning after the abduction uh regressive hypnotherapy is an amazing tool you remember things about your life from decades ago that you would never remember i could pinpoint the cassette tapes on my desk where the television was i remembered exactly what i ate for breakfast the next morning however when it came time for the regressive hypnotherapist to take me back past that moment where those two small grays brought me through the window i was brought to tears sobbing like a baby for two and a half hours we went back and forth forward and backward in time and he tried to get me to remember more of what happened mm-hmm. but i was just too terrified i was reliving the experience the first time of being taken mm-hmm. and after two and a half hours that hypnotherapist um <laughs> rightly said he said Pete, I don't think this is going to help you and we can't we stop the progression at that point. So for that first abduction experience, I don't remember being on board the UFO. I'm quite certain they took me there, mm-hmm. but for that first time I don't remember actually being there 
it was simply too terrifying, and my memory was blanked out. What about the the second time? How old were you with the second time? The second time was about six months later. Whoa. I was 18 years old. Whoa. Now, the second time, I awoke on board a UFO. So I think what most people, what most skeptics, or maybe more, and I, and I believe people should be skeptical of these things. But most people would say, well, how do you know that wasn't a bad dream? Right? Right. And, and I use this analogy. So I live in Japan. And as many people know, Japan, we have earthquakes on a semi-regular basis. Okay. And I would say two or, th- two or three times a year. Mm-hmm. I wake up in the middle of the night to the house shaking. Right? Okay. You know, you feel the earthquake. Uh-huh. Um, it, like, thankfully, I've never been in a large earthquake. But I will wake and I'll feel the house shaking. It stops. I go back to sleep. When I wake up the next morning, I don't think, did I dream there was an earthquake? Uh-huh. I know I woke up and there was an earthquake. There's a qualitative difference when you're an adult between a dream and something that actually happened to you in the middle of the night. Uh-huh. And so I qualitatively know that I was awake on board a UFO. Uh-huh. What happened at that time was I awoke and I was lying prone uh-huh. on what I could not see, but I assumed to be a table. This time there was one of those tall grays we talked about. Again, this tall gray, I could sense his surprise as if I was not supposed to be awake. The tall gray was to the right of me. Uh In his hand, he held a long, roughly 12 inches long. It looked to be metallic stick, roughly about the diameter of a pencil, Uh 12 inches long. I could see nothing on either end. It was uniformly metallic. He telepathically told me, he said, I'm going to insert this into your ear. Why it ear? It will not. <laughs> Why my ear? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, some, that's something we can discuss. <laughs> um, I, I have my theories. Let me tell you first, he did insert that rod into my ear, all the way into my ear. My head is not 12 inches deep, so I do not know how that works. (laughs) He inserted it into my ear. He he did not lie. I felt nothing. After that, he told me, more or less telepathically, like I said, in ideas, not in words. He told me, more or less, you're going to fall asleep and you won't remember this. I did remember it. The next morning, the very first thing I did was jump out of bed and run into the bathroom, which was next to my bedroom. Uh And I gingerly put my finger into my right ear. You know, it was that I remembered very clearly. And oddly enough, there was a small amount of dried blood. Mm. Now, another, another thing, people, 
that maybe aren't familiar with the phenomenon might think is why would what we assume to be a technologically advanced species leave something like blood in your ear if they perform some operation or put something in there but what we find when we talk to experiencers contactees and abductees is that they do frequently leave marks or small amounts of blood why we don't know mm -hmm. now as to your question why did he put something in my ear now people have a variety of theories um i can say as a mufon researcher and a researcher of um human and alien contact we certainly do not know the answer my belief is mm -hmm. i think we're dealing with a species that's so far advanced they would have no need to put a chip into our ear to track us uh -huh. i think that i think that's a very anthropomorphic way of thinking mm -hmm. that we are thinking what do we do to animals we chip them and we track them i i think we're obviously dealing with a civilization that's far more advanced than that i don't think that's the reason i don't think they need to do that mm -hmm. my opinion is that they put something in us these implants is to somehow influence our behavior and or record our experiences for some reason hmm. interesting yeah I, you know what you know if i ever got abducted <laughs> if that ever mm -hmm. happened, i just don't like the idea of being paralyzed i think no, no. i don't want to be paralyzed but um, no i've heard people you know you've probably seen it on you know, um, television and stuff on Netflix mm -hmm. and stuff. They, they put gooky junk down their throat and all that stuff. Have you ever had anything like that? Thankfully, <laughs> thankfully, I do not consciously remember anything like that happening. It may have happened. You know, like I said, I've had a variety of paranormal events. I've had missing time, which what that means is for example, you'll be traveling somewhere. The trip should take one hour, but you arrive and it's been two hours and you have no explanation for what happened. Um, I have come across a UFO sitting in a field while I was driving once uh -huh. on a rural highway in Washington. And I parked my car near the UFO. The last thing I remember is getting out. And when I woke up the next morning, I was at my destination. So of course, that's another instance where I believe I was probably taken. Uh, they do though, however, um, people report, um, yeah, goop or things being inserted in them. Frequently, um, men report that um, semen has been um, taken from them. Women report that um eggs have been taken from them or even babies implanted or taken from them i don't have any personally i don't have any conscious memories of those things happening but they certainly could have and um we do know that there is a hybridization program going on 
Yeah. Which, yeah. Yeah, let's, um, I don't understand that. I, you know, that's kind of getting freaky out there. Do you ever know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, but let's get back to the, you know, you said that you walked on this ship. Um, what was that? I mean, did you see anything around you? Did you see anything? Did they have pictures in there? What, you know, what's it like inside mm-hmm. there? Great. It's a great question. It's, it's very, very sparse. Um, there is a diffuse mm-hmm. white light mm-hmm. emanating from the entire ship. Mm-hmm. There's no specific light you can see but the area is diffusely lit almost everything on board the ships that the small and the tall grays inhabit is white or slightly off-white um there are no sharp corners that i've ever seen everything appears to be molded out of some sort of plastic like that very very sparse um it appears to be very technologically advanced like i said one of the only tools i've ever seen them use is that long metal rod Uh it's a very very true by definition alien experience alien environment Uh interesting and uh you're on a table right yes Okay, and uh, uh, was there any like what she did? It did you have any clothes on? What did they do with your um, clothes or anything like that? Or that's a great question. I don't know. I was paralyzed to the extent where I could not move whatsoever. I could not move my head. I could see the tall gray only out of the periphery of my vision to the right of me. Uh-huh. Um, it was. Uh, on along those lines, so let's let fast forward to my third conscious abduction. Uh-huh. Now, okay. those first two conscious abductions happened, like I said, when I was seventeen and eighteen, quite a long time ago. My third conscious abduction happened roughly seven years ago. Now, I have an eight-year-old son. Okay. Um. About seven years ago, right before he turned one, we went back to Washington State to visit my parents. They had since moved from my childhood home, Mm -hmm. but they still live in a relatively rural area. At that time, one night, again, I awoke on board a ship. Now, this time was quite different for a couple of reasons. One reason was, unlike the first two times, I was not terrified. Now, at this point, I had been a UFO researcher for a number of years. So I was well-versed in what happened. I had come to accept what happened to me, et cetera, et cetera, which may have something to do with it. But, I think probably the main reason I was not terrified is that when I awoke on board this ship, sitting across from me was my infant son. Now, my son was sitting in what I can only describe as 
what looked to be an alien baby high chair. Okay. He he was he was eye to eye with me, eye level to me. Wow. In a molded, like I said, still looked to be molded plastic, molded white, some material, sitting eye to eye across from me. My infant son had a huge smile on his face. He was grinning. He was as happy as could be. And so that might also have something to be to do with why I wasn't terrified. Uh-huh. Now, so another interesting thing about this instance was my infant son greeted me telepathically when I awoke on board this ship. Uh-huh. And as we've mentioned, when telepathic communication occurs there, it's not in words, it's in ideas or feelings or thoughts. But the greeting was a type of just, you know, acknowledgement, a hello. But what's interesting about his greeting is that the greeting was not that of an infant or a child acknowledging a parent. It was if his fully formed adult soul was inside him and he greeted me. You know, it's not, it wasn't like a baby okay. smiling and nodding at daddy. It was if I was, an adult was there, you know, and smiled and acknowledged, oh, hi, you're here, father, right? Right. So, yeah, so this instance was quite peculiar. In between my infant son and I was uh, roughly a basketball-shaped size sphere. Inside this sphere was a glowing, undulating purple mass of gas or liquid. I don't know what it was. It looked like, and I'm sure you've seen like the um, the photography of like the sun, the gas of the sun, you know, stop motion photography, how the gas of the sun undulates like that. Okay. It looked like that. Yeah, it looked like that, but it was purple. Now, to the right of me and the left of my son was another tall gray. Uh, I don't know if it was the same tall gray. I couldn't tell you in this instance. Um, This tall gray was not surprised to see me awake. Uh Apparently, I was supposed to be awake. So this tall gray telepathically imparted to me Uh this message. The message was, if you agree to this, this was not specified. If you agree, you and he, and the he was referencing my infant son, you and he will understand each other's souls. And now I had awakened on board this ship, Uh saw my infant son with me smiling. I see a tall gray next to me. I see this weird purple globe of (laughs) glowing stuff. And he says, you'll understand each other's souls. 
I did not understand at all what he was talking about. This made absolutely no sense. I was completely confused. However, despite my confusion, apparently that was enough to agree. <laughs> because what happened next was this tall gray, mm -hmm. and again, without any sense of motion, he didn't move. The sphere did not move in any way. But I could sense that something happened. I could sense telepathically from him that he made something happen to this sphere. Now, immediately after that sensation of something happening, my infant son and I shot down from the ship. The ship was in low Earth orbit. My eyes were wide open. My son was still across from me. We shot down through the atmosphere, through the cloud cover, through the roof of my parents' home, and into my bed. And we arrived completely awake. And to make an odd story even odder, my infant son, rather than being in bed, was sitting atop my lap. I was laying down and he was sitting on my lap. Wow. And he was he still had that wide grin on his face as if he'd just been through the wildest, funnest ride and nearly one year old child could have gone on and i looked at him i picked him up i put him back in the bed and then i went back to sleep that was my third conscious abduction wow and did your that was really odd um do you have a really unique relationship with your son right now or what's up? um yeah well, I would, we have a great relationship. Uh -huh. When I tell this story to people, the first thing they ask is, you know, does your son remember it? Or does your yeah. son have some sort of fascination with aliens, et cetera, et cetera. Um, he, he's never brought it up, and I've never brought it up with him. Um, despite being the national director for MUFON and... Um, a researcher and this being my main area of interest and my main hobby i don't have any pictures of aliens or ufos around the house right. reason being is that my wife hates the subject <laughs> my wife does not believe in aliens or ufos she does not like to talk about it and so i keep that part of my life just separate from her right uh, okay there's there's nothing around the house. The only instance in his it since then that I would ever say he showed a unique interest in the subject was one day when he was about three years old, uh, he was sitting next to me and I was on my phone doing some research. I was looking for a particular picture or a caricature rather of a gray alien on my phone and as he sat next to me he glanced at my phone 
And he said, oh, that's an alien. And it's, you know, three-year-old, you know, child, you know, words, basically. It's an alien. Daddy saw an alien. And I said, yes, I did. And he said, Daddy was really scared. And I said, yes, I was. He then said, but that's not a real alien. And what I took from that is that he meant that I was looking at caricatures. You know, these aren't, these weren't real photographs. These were, you know, drawings that right. people had made. Yeah, and I said, no, you're right. That's not a real alien. That's just a picture. Um, what I did next was I pulled up a picture of a classic disc-shaped UFO uh-huh. on my phone. So my my son's three years old. He's not in school or anything into that like that. And like I said, we don't have um, pictures. We don't have pictures or anything around the house. So I showed him what I assumed to be possibly the first time he'd ever seen a picture of a disc-shaped UFO. And I said, "Do you know what this is?" And he said, "Yes, that's an alien car." Uh. <laughs> and I I said. Yep, that's pretty much what it is. And I left it at that. That's the extent uh-huh. of his interest as far as I know. Um, we have a great relationship. You know, he's my best friend in the world. But he has not exhibited any particular interest in the subject. Um, about a year or two ago, I did actually buy him a children's book about ufos and aliens um and it scares him a bit (laughs) i tried to read it with him and he was interested um but very hesitant to look at it with me much Uh and since then we haven't really looked at the book i was hoping we could perhaps discuss the subject well, but I guess he's not ready for that. Let's go back to the um, um, hybrids. Have you ever mm-hmm. seen any of those or got contact with any of them? Um, yes, I have. And to explain that, I need to explain another aspect of my studies. Okay. Um, okay, I'm a certified hypnotherapist. I'm not in practice. I don't, I'm not a counselor here in Japan. I run a cultural education center, but I went to university to be a counselor, um, studied counseling and hypnotherapy, um, was in practice. I did not practice hypnotherapy, but I was in practice as a counselor for about five years in America. And so for the past 20, roughly 20 years, I have been using hypnosis on myself self-hypnosis as a relaxation tool Mm -hmm. Um, about two years ago um, I became kind of bored with it it, so to speak and I I wanted to branch out so I I, I started to look into what are some hypnosis adjacent areas Mm -hmm. I might be able to to look at and one thing I found was the out-of-body experience And I read that people use techniques that are sometimes similar to hypnosis to achieve an out-of-body experience. 
So I went through a course online and found that I was able to achieve the out-of-body experience. Mm -hmm. The first thing I thought when I realized I could do this was, I want to use this to visit UFOs. Okay. And so I did that. The first time I tried, I was successful. Um, I arrived on board a UFO. In 2021, I did this 40 times, exactly 40 times. I journaled them all. Uh One of the first things I was shown uh, that first or second visit on board a UFO were hybrid children. Um, The first time I saw one, I was accompanied by a gray, a small gray. Uh The gray took me to what looked to be It looked like an earthly nursery. It had um, like toys around the ground. Mm -hmm. Um, It had children's wallpaper on the wall. There were um, three what appeared to be human like nursery attendants there. Mm -hmm. And there was also what looked to me to be a human child. He did not appear to be particularly hybrid except he was floating he was floating in air these nurses um one of them appeared to be tickling him in some way so i was with a small gray alien guide as i mentioned and the guide asked me would you like to hold him and my first thought was how on earth is that possible? I'm in an out-of-body experience on board this UFO. How am I going to hold this child? But apparently it was possible. So this gray uh, brought me a bit closer to this floating child and the three nurses. As I approached these nurses, what I realized was they were in fact not human. There was what looked, looked I can only describe it as like a hologram. Mm-hmm. There was a hologram around them and I could see through it slightly. And I could see that these three nurses were actually also small grades, but they had this hologram to make them appear to be human nurses. And I realized that also this room we were in was was not actually decorated as a human nursery. That wallpaper and everything around us was also a hologram. Hmm. And this disturbed me. Um, you know, I, I, I've been involved in researching the phenomenon for so many years at this point. Um, and so I, I told the, my guide that was with me, I asked her, it was a female gray. I could sense that telepathically. I asked her, would you please remove this disguise? It's, it's bothering me. And it was bothering me. You know, it was, it was unnatural. 
And she did. In an instant, she rose to the skies, and I could see that those three, uh, what I thought were nurses, were actually small greys. And I did hold this small child, which I intuitively knew to be a hybrid. Um, perhaps there was some form of telepathic communication to tell me that. Um, but I just intuitively knew it was a hybrid. And I kind of held it, but the holding was more like holding something that was floating. Yeah. So that was the first time I was exposed to the hybrids up there. Now, explain what the hybrids look like. Do they do they look like us? Are they half and half? Or mm -hmm. So, pe people have different experiences with hybrids. Many people report that they see hybrids that appear to be quite half and half. Um, they appear to have very large eyes, elongated heads, um, little to no hair, thinning hair. They appear to be just quite more or less half gray and half human. Now, the hybrids I've seen up there appear quite human. Um, perhaps a bit alien, if you will. I mean, of course, the, the hybrid I just mentioned was floating, which is something human children can't do. Um, they may have been, I would say perhaps their eyes were a bit bigger, but the, the hybrid children I've seen appeared to be more or less human. I was introduced to an adult hybrid. Now, this hybrid adult appeared to be human, a regular human, roughly 30 years of age, perhaps, until he approached me. When this hybrid approached me, what I noticed was that his skin was perfect. Um, perfect's probably the wrong word because it was uncannily mm -hmm. smooth. It almost appeared that he was made of plastic. His hair was his hair appeared to be artificial, in fact, as well, like as if the hair was shellacked in some way. Um, he just appeared to be like an idealized version of a human. And I asked at a later date, I asked the same hybrid, I asked him, you know, um, do you age? Because it was very uncanny and very unnatural, his appearance. Mm -hmm. He told me that he told me that they grow from children up to roughly the age he appeared to be. And at that point, they stop aging. So his age, he, he never revealed his actual age to me. But he did say that they stopped aging basically at that point. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Do you find that they, are they coming to earth or anything like that? Um, the, you know, I asked, 
I asked, this was a question I asked of him. I asked him, do you have a home? Okay. Mm-hmm. This, this adult hybrid. And he told me that more or less the sh- he lives on the ship. But he did tell me that he has what I would consider to be a home. Um, Now, before I describe that, I need to explain another thing that the uh, greys in particular are able to do. They can look into your eyes, and this is very commonly reported. They can look into your eyes and make you experience being somewhere else as if it were a hyper real virtual reality Hmm. type simulation. There is absolutely no difference when this happens, when they look into your eyes and make you experience this, there is absolutely no difference between you being in one spot and you being where they want to show you. It feels completely, utterly real. Hmm. When I asked him if he had a home, he did this to me, he looked into my eyes and he took me somewhere. Where he took me, and this sounds really crazy. I mean, like everything I'm saying sounds crazy to be honest, but this sounds perhaps even crazier. What he showed me as an example of what he considered home was a street. Um, There were other hybrids, all roughly his age, what I would pinpoint as maybe late 20s, early 30s, and they were all standing around it almost appeared to be like a parade or a celebration. They were just all there, very happy. And he, basically he said, this is, this is what you might consider my whole planet, I suppose. But for the most part, he explained that he inhabits that UFO in particular. Wow. Interesting. That's interesting. Okay. It's um, a lot to take. It's a lot to take in. I know that probably listeners, if they haven't checked out at this point, they're probably thinking they're they're probably thinking, "Wow, this is some really crazy stuff." And and I talk about it quite matter of factly, but the only reason I do so is that you know for. Uh, almost 14 years now, I've dedicated every free moment to investigating this phenomenon. And these are the type of the stories you hear. So it's, while it is in fact crazy and quite a story, it's nothing new to me, you know, at this point. It's just the kind of thing that I hear reported from other um, abductees and contactees. Yeah. Interesting. And, uh, well, I need to, you know, bring this to a close now, but I find everything quite fascinating, interesting, and uh, um, anything that you want to tell my listeners before we close up, you know, anything that um, might be intriguing? Well, 
Um, you know, we could we could talk honestly, Kathy. We could talk for days. There's a myriad of things that I've learned. Um, mm-hmm. I do. I do, I did. I did. I keep a journal. I kept a journal of all Good. forty experiences. I'm slowly posting them. Um, one every few days on my website, which is petewhitley.org, P-E-T-E-W-H-I-T-L-E-Y.org. So if your listeners would like to find out more or read more of the experience I've, I've had, they can go there and read them. I'm up to, I believe, number 17 or 18, and I will, you know, eventually post all 40. Like I mentioned, I have begun doing this again this year and I'll eventually publish those but what I would like to say if I could give a message to your listeners is that if there's anyone out there who is also an experiencer or a contactee or an abductee realize that you're not alone there are a myriad numerous countless people who have experienced these things okay you're not alone if you would like some support please contact MUFON you can go to MUFON.com you can file a report you can file an experiencer survey and a member of our experiencer research team will reach out to you it can be completely anonymous. You don't have to use your real name. Use a burner email if you'd like. All of this is confidential. But I know there are lots of people out there that have experienced these things and they're afraid to come out and talk about them because people honestly, and it's true, people will come out and say, that's crazy. I don't believe you. But I'm out here with my real name. My real name is Pete Peter Whitley. I live in Japan. I'm out here with my real name. Everyone I know in real life knows that I do this. And I can say that while a handful of people have amusingly, you know, called me crazy, I've never lost a friend over it. And in fact, I've gained many more. And other people have come out and said, you know what, Pete, I've had something similar to this happen to me. So if you are an experiencer, reach out. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a move on, but we are a place you can reach out. Reach out. I think it's important we get the word out that this has happened. Or come on my to show. Thousands. Yeah, exactly. Come on your show. They'll come here and tell Kathy your story. Let's talk about this, right? It's important well, and it needs I, to be out there. I need to close up, but I would like to bring you back probably in July or, or in the future, you know, do this on a regular mm-hmm. basis because I know you have a lot to say. And with an hour, we can, we can, you know, talk forever, but within this first hour, but um, yeah, we have a lot to say here. So, I'd be happy to, Kathy. Thank you for having me. I apologize for droning on and on, but yeah, I've, I've been I've been involved in this field for a long time. I'm happy to talk anytime. Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on, Peter. And. 
be careful in Japan. And I know it's nighttime there, so you need to get your rest. But and、yeah. we're waking up here in the U.S. So thank you again, once again. And I want you to come back on in a, you know, a couple months and tell more, more of these、Absolutely. amazing events and experiences. Thank you for having me, Kathy. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome. Thank you once again, Peter. And you have a good night in Japan. And I will be talking to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Kathy. Have a good day. Thank you so much for listening to the Phenomena NDE and more experiences as well. And until then, have a great day. <laughs>